Shop Amazon for last-minute gifts. Great deals for everyone on your list. Gifts for mom and gifts for dad. Even for your sister and your brother, Chad. Ah, shoot, we didn't realize we were supposed to get a gift for our dog walker guy. We almost forgot about our dentist, Dr. Kerr. We didn't expect to get a gift from her. Or our cousin, I forget his name. He got us something nice, better reciprocate. For last-minute deals on gifts for people you forgot. Get past the free shipping at Amazon. From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, April 20th, 2018, and it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Brightpeak, our partners in bringing you the new love and money section at relevantmagazine.com. We're teaming up with Brightpeak throughout 2018 to bring you articles, videos, and a new podcast and more, all with the intention of helping you build a better relationship with money while also strengthening your relationship with your significant other. You're probably not surprised to hear that a quarter of millennials say anxiety related to financial stress has made them physically sick or that two-thirds of college graduate millennials carry more than $27,000 in student loan debt. Well, Chandler, get a job. (laughs) (laughs) I got a job. (laughs) No, he did it right. He skipped college, got a job anyway. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Tune yeah, in, and tune right. in, turn on, and drop out. That's what and I'm saying. And he's a homeowner. Chandler <laughs> literally has like he's cracked the code. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's cracked the code. This is a little behind the curtain for people. Like Chandler and I, I we talk all the time related to podcast stuff. Uh, uh, and he, and you know, is telling me he's giving me updated. <laughs> he's got like general contractors at his house. Yeah, Chandler is. Wow. is he put in new floors. I did. Yeah, renovation. He's now. more of an adult than I am. Well, I and, I, and I will say this then about Chandler, and then we'll get back to Bright Peak because I got to feel like none of this is advice. That they'd give. The guy's wearing one of nine articles of clothing I ever see him in, and he's drinking a 7-Eleven coffee. So that's maybe hey, there's you something. You own one shirt, Eddie. You uh, own one frugal. shirt. I own. Yes, that's right. But right, that's, that's right. True. But that's why I'm yeah, well, filthy you're not the rich. Talking at the moment. I got more hey, money I know right. what to do with at this point. I got jet skis <laughs> everywhere. Bright Peak Financial. Go for Good it. Bright Peak is passionate about helping couples reach their financial goals and pay down debt together. If you're looking to lower your balance but don't have the time or bandwidth to earn extra income, you should check out the. Hack Your Debt Challenge, which is a five-day email challenge that helps you find extra money to put towards your debt. You can sign up for the challenge at brightpeak.com slash hackyourdebt. Can, can I can say I, one more? Oh, no, hold on, hold on, Eddie. Okay, before no, you, please, before please. you say whatever ridiculous thing you're going to say that leaves your mouth, <laughs> let me just plug one more thing of, oh, yeah, related please. to Bright Peak. Uh, we, you know, the, the Love and Money podcast, people need to go download it. We recently had... I like that uh, show. Rich and Dawn Cherie Wilkerson were yeah. our guests. Yeah. Um, Heavy hitters. Yo, heavy hitter. You know, bit, you know, they're Kanye's pastor. New parents. They just had a baby. Yeah, they just had a baby. You know, you're getting relationship advice from the man who officiated the wedding of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. You know, they yeah. they got a reality show. I will say this. I was super. <laughs> right. I already. I already think very highly of them. I already think very highly of them. I was super impressed by the relationship advice they gave during that episode, and yes. they navigated a, a very contentious couples court where we had a live couple in the studio uh, having a spending issue, and I feel like they navigated pretty well. Yeah. Chandler, did you feel like that was one of our our, the, our favorite episodes that we've done? I feel like every episode is is the the new best one. 
Yeah, like the yeah. that's yeah. that's that's Why? the goal. Chandler, yeah. but if you were to start, one. if you were to jump in midstream, yeah, I'm not true. saying that's before you started the beginning, sure. start with the Rich uh, Wilkerson and Don Cherie Wilkerson episode. Absolutely. It's it's really good. <laughs> the Love and Money podcast. All right. Well, like I said, I'm your host Cameron here with me in our Orlando studios. Eddie Big Cat Coffolds. Mm, amen. Yes. Over there. <laughs> <laughs> the ones and twos. <laughs> our illustrious. I hated that. He's eating a donut. Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother Chandler String. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, the the Tundra. Tundra. Author, speaker, podcaster, (laughs) Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. Yes, Annie. Is it chilly there? It is so cold here, but it's not in Orlando, and I'll be there next week. Holla. We look forward to seeing you. Yeah. Next week, if you missed the announcement, buried about an hour in on last week's show, next week (laughs) is our 600th episode of The Relevant Podcast. We've been doing this thing since 2005, 600 episodes. We're celebrating it by recording a live episode. Uh, That sounds kind of uh, not exciting, except... You can come. You can join us. Uh, we are going to be recording live at 11.30 a.m. at the uh, Relevant Studios yes. at uh, in downtown Orlando. If you want to get information uh, to come, it's online now, relevantmagazine.com. The podcast section has all the info about the event. You can RSVP there. It's free. There's no ticket charge. Uh, it's just at our offices, so don't be expecting a big theater like our 10-year anniversary thing. It's not a massive production like that. It's just uh, us hanging out with our friends, and if you want to come hang out it's with us, come. Uh, John Mark McMillan will be our guest yes. in studio that day, and it's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. 11.30 a.m. next Friday. If you can't come, it will be streamed live on Facebook, and then the entire show, unedited, will be put on YouTube and uh, put on the podcast feeds that evening. And you said it won't be that exciting to listen or to watch but I actually feel like it I mean it's going to be like like when you watch bumper cars yeah. and you're like I think this is going to be really fun the other option is someone's going to get really hurt and yeah. that's exactly what they have to look forward to next exactly. week I have, yeah. I have seen many podcasts live and they just do the podcast it's very entertaining I, I think it will be yeah. fun I know that we haven't done this yet but I think you'll like it well here's the thing there needs to be an element of danger like the thing about watching yeah, that's us being unfold. in the same room Anything that unfolds live, right? Yeah. The reason, the part of the reason you're watching it live is for something to go horribly wrong. The train wreck. Yeah. So, yes. in I will have on my persons throwing knives. I will have some. <laughs> you're gonna fly light, down with those, Jesse. Light pyrotechnics. That if the show gets boring at any point live, I will randomly start throwing knives and setting off pyrotechnics. That is my guarantee to you that something interesting will happen. So please watch. Now, yes. Yeah, so now it's going to be. How are you feeling about this? I'm feeling fine, but like yet again, once we start talking about a live show, where does Jesse go? Because this happened with our 10 year anniversary big production. We were going to bring, you know, slices to the live show. Right. And we all understand that this is an audio medium. Audio medium. And Jesse thinks, oh, there's people in the room. I'm going to do my slice ex- slice exclusively for them to see. Yes. Hey. And, and so he brought it killed in the he, room. In the room. Killed. He brought <laughs> clips of like people falling, things that you cannot Jesse. hear. And so we were playing all these clips. Now think about what he just said about the live the live taping next week. No, no. He's going to bring pyrotechnics and things that are visual. <laughs> it, 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 all visual, man. 
<laughs> Listen, you guys are, are playing checkers. I'm sitting here on a chessboard. Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to dumb down my material for audio listeners. If yeah, they want the full experience, oh we told gosh. them where they can watch it. Thirty-five people in the room will yeah. get the full Jesse Carey <laughs> content. Is experience. that it? Like, Is it just the first thirty-five who show no, up? They can no. fit. No, no, I don't know. I who knows? Honestly, based on the RSVPs, uh, we'll we'll figure out where we're going to go. We might tape it out in the big open area in our new office. Um, honestly, we have a well, glass wall that opens then. and we could have people going, you know, we you, could fit a few hundred if we needed to, but, yeah. um, okay. Let but if ask, only like 20 show up, that's great. We'll just keep it yeah. back yeah, in the studio. Fine. Let me, yeah. a, let me ask you a question. Cause I don't want to get too in my head about this. So I just next week, I just do what I do this week. Just every, like every week, just yeah. bring a slice. Just be normal. Listen, if you, if you, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't edit if it you out. learn from the best, <laughs> what you do is you bring, visual clips with yeah. no sound. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what you did. did have a sound camera and sound effects and they were hilarious. <laughs> but, it, but in fairness to Jesse, and as much as he is my mortal enemy, he is also a person whom I love a lot. Him getting on stage at the end and singing that song oh, yeah. was uh, really... This was, this was I the left year. It, hey, here's the thing. You can you can say what you want about the live show. Everyone had a good time, and I left it all on the field. <sighs> you, okay? So, this was, this was the year AFD of... is surprised. Well, you, this was the year that Jesse did the Nickelback Challenge, yeah, and he listened yeah. to Nickelback nonstop. And so the big reveal, the big surprise at the end of our live show, we had, I mean, we had like 800 people there. It was like, it was a big production. Um, the, it was the big reveal that we got Nickelback to come and Nickelback came out. The song started playing. The band came to the stage and it was Nickelback with a K and, um, and, oh, and, and, and Jesse Carey played the front man and he had yeah. gone backstage and changed yeah. and came out and sang a medley. Just, he, he left we, it all on the field. And we played, we played yeah. actual instruments to make this happen. Yeah, there's Jeremiah. a live band. Yeah, we hired a band. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah, we just need to tell people that's not happening next week. Okay. We're just that's, doing a podcast. That's what I'm saying. There's no, don't come with those expectations because no. that show, people flew in from Scotland and, yeah. and all around the world and all over the country. People no, no, flew no. in from everywhere and, and they, they got their money's worth. It was a free show. Um, yeah. but, <laughs> but this one is just us recording a live podcast, just a live podcast. with some Facebook live streaming cameras in our face. It's literally them doing with their eyes what they normally just do with their ears. If if you don't know what to expect, here's how I'm planning it. Think think about being at a live taping of America's Funniest Home Videos. That's basically what I <laughs> Jesse's going to be a bunch of clips. hilarious. I was at a wedding recently. And I, I will was, be Tom Bergeron. <laughs> I was I'll, at, be I'll be Alfonso. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was at a wedding recently, like just about a month ago, and I was in line to get a Diet Coke or whatever. And there was this guy behind me, and I was like, dude, how do we know each other? And he was looking at me, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, did we go to high school together? And finally he goes, I figured it out. I was the drummer in the Nickelback band for the 10 year <laughs> show. And I was no like, what do you think about that? He's like, well, it was a thing. Uh, well, he said, he said, <laughs> it dawned on me recently that that was the most people I've ever played drums oh, for. No. And I said exactly <laughs> that. I was like, oh, man. He's like, you know. It was fun. <laughs> Here's the thing: that guy has has given like hours, countless hours of his life to drumming, and to he craft. just admitted it was the it was the highlight that it no, all worked no, out no, to no, that. No, no, he said it just the them. biggest crowd. He never said highlight. Yeah, it well, just, it that's was, that's the, that's how I'm oh, potato potato. Can I tell one more thing about that that moment? I, uh, that is my favorite thing of the whole live show was standing in the wings waiting to come out, and it's just Jesse and me. And we're not on, you know, there's like no mics on. Yeah, us. I, brought, it's just, well, I brought everybody out one by one so everybody could get, yeah. could no, clap no, for everyone. No, no, you know? no, no, no. This was before we came out. Next came, 
Okay. This is before we came back out to do the Nickel Creek thing. And it's just Jesse and I sitting there and he's like, you're already out there and stuff's already happening. And he's got the wig on and he looks at me earnestly oh. and with no like shtick in him and just goes, man, I, man, I'm just not sure this is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and he is, We're in pretty deep. right? Now. He, is dr- he is drenched in sweat, just drenched. Oh and I'm like, gosh. man, the music's playing. Like you got to get out there and do it. He's like, yeah, you know, what's funny. Yeah, I'm going to do it. You know, what's funny about that night. I mean, this was two years ago. Yeah, it was so anniversary. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, looking back at that night, um, the, the, just seeing the, di- how the dynamic shifted with the, with the massive crowd in front of us, how I feel, you know, I, I was very weird because it was a live thing and, and normally the safety net of editing lets me kind of be in the moment oh, yeah. kind of like I'm aware where the show is going and the rundown moment. in front of me, but like, you know, whatever, we'll get it back on track and post if I need to live. I'm very aware of the beats of the show and having to keep the thing moving. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Jesse was, in my opinion, knowing him for a very long time was not himself. Oh no, no. because he <laughs> knew what was coming at the end of the show. No, and wow. that was it's hanging just like, over my head, man. Yeah, like I don't, I don't sing. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so he's you know not I mean? like he's not fast and loose, Jesse. He's yeah. like, I. What am uh, I doing? I do. I remember all the words. I can't believe I'm doing this. Is a lot of people, yeah. oh. and so he's he. And then I brought you know silent clips for my slice. What am I doing? You know that kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff. And uh, and then and then. Eddie, who reverted back to like, like pastor mode, like yeah. Eddie realizes Jesse's not himself. Yeah. I'm kind of in my own head a little bit. And Eddie just takes control of the show yeah. and like made oh it loose gosh. and fun. So and charming. Well, well, I mean, the other great. thing is like Jeremiah was all grouchy because we had an iPad malfunction. Oh, oh man, was he in a mood? He was yeah. junky all day. Tech issues. Yeah. <laughs> and then Shauna, of course, is like really Shauna and Joy were delightful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They knew exactly. They're, they, this is like their thing. So yeah. they were fine. And the rest of us were all playing some sort of alternative universe yeah. version of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this sounds nothing like what's happening next week. Yeah. No. No. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're, we're going to be in our home, our comfort zone. We'll have our mics in front of us. Chandler you know. and I are going to do a tickle fight. Chandler, we're going <laughs> to Just to keep things loose. Nope. Just yeah. me nope. and, hey, can we get, can we make Daz do something next week? Can oh, we have a live sure. Dazzle do sure. it? Is he still here? I haven't seen him in weeks. Yeah. Does he still work here? Yeah. Absolutely. He, okay. So next, so we, we have hey, a, a, a meeting. He is an Adonis. We have a meeting. <laughs> we have a meeting <laughs> this afternoon or tomorrow afternoon, I guess, to plan out the stuff for the live show next week. And so we'll okay. we'll make sure we'll come up a good with a good dazzle. Do it. We'll make sure you leave a little slice spot for Ooh. Jesse and I to give you a really good update on Elam College next week, not <gasps> this week. Yeah, next the next live week. show. Yeah, and oh, I yeah. don't. Can I make a request? Yeah, I don't want to know. Just let me just do yeah. what I do this week. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. I am always get nervous that I know too much about it. Yeah, no, we keep you in the dark on purpose. Yeah, great. That's all I want to know. I'll show up at a, I'll show up at eleven. You know, we'll chat with all our friends. We and have then, every time we have a planning meeting, whether it's about the podcast or anything we do as a business, we end the meeting by saying, "Don't tell Eddie." Yeah, it's yeah. He, he cannot handle the it's truth. Confidential. Yeah, that's actually how we end every phone call too. Yeah. But that's different, right? Please don't tell Eddie. Yeah, it's, yeah. he's got to go. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Uh, I, I just after the podcast last week came out, and you know, again, it was buried deep into it. I started getting tweets about people who are flying in. And, I know, and man. Yes. Like I'm like, Me you know, too. you know, y'all have jobs, don't you? I mean, like, <laughs> like, don't you need to go to work? I, I think we should fly Perry in. My favorite listener Perry of the Ross. week so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would like and, to say a master of impressions. <laughs> I would like to he say was. he was great, but I need to. T- I mean, we need to talk about. Well, we'll talk about listener of the week later because Perry. Uh, Perry would like to now be a recurring guest on uh, just on. That's the not show. what this is. 
I needed you to say that. Out <laughs> I just feel like we're setting up people's uh, expectations. Hey, hey, Eddie, hey guys, uh, I I know this. You know, he's in. You know, last week during his segment, I tried desperately. I had to throw my headphones off. I couldn't listen. So I listened back to it because I was like, all right, now I'm just in my car. Yeah. I I couldn't. It was worse because you can hear him better. Oh, (laughs) I couldn't take a second. I had to stop editing. I just like took a break. Oh, sorry, Perry. You'll never be on the show again for a second. We sure love you. No, listen, Costanza taught it or go out on a high note. I mean, you just got to you got to leave on the high note. Yeah, you can't talk. I mean, you can't top that. You can't recreate those moments. Away. That's right. Yeah. He said he had a Vince Vaughn impression that he didn't get to. That's all I'm saying. I love Don't his, we all? His, if you were to say, hey, what impressions? Like I said, we predicted Christopher Walken, but I would have never predicted uh, yeah, like I, that I he also predict- has a Vince Vaughn and a Stephen Hawking. Yeah, you know? I would have okay. predicted a De Niro. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. like some of the obvious ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesse, wow. <laughs> I, I thought I was watching <laughs> SNL just Annie, now. do you do any know, impressions? Pretty, pretty, pretty. No. Oh, that's my favorite. I don't do a single impression. I think it's the weirdest use of time. <laughs> but what if you I can only, sound exactly like the person? I, I only do two. Uh, one is, um, as you could hear, Robert Nier, the other's a didgeridoo. And yeah. those are the two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The stuff that lives in Jesse is just not even normal. He's like a Mary Poppins bag of the weirdest stuff. Yeah. No, that's a true. A didgeridoo, Jesse. Somehow, I like you so much. Somehow he's made a career out of it. And then there's like, I'm so impressed. Inside that bag, there's the another place. locked bag. And I'm telling you, <laughs> you do not want to go in that No one. matter how alluring no, no, no. you think it is, don't yeah. you... Here, open the locked bag. Because I've been there, and we it's o- awful. We opened the locked bag one time, and then we said, don't tell Eddie. Don't tell Eddie yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah. And they said, don't tell Eddie. Because yeah. it is finite, and it is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving the show along. It is time for our look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for... In case you missed it. Uh, in case you missed it, this is massive news, and it happened yeah. the night before we recorded this podcast. Kendrick Lamar yes. just became the first rapper to win a Pulitzer Prize. Not only that, he became so the first musical artist to win the Pulitzer Prize for 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 music. Yes, the first artist that wasn't jazz or classical. Yes, yeah. I mean we're talking not the Beatles. Yeah, not you know I mean name all the icons. I mean Kendrick Lamar, the first non-jazz or music and, or I, classical artist. And I listened to that album this morning on the way in. I gotta say, like. Of course. I mean, it's really a special kind of art. I think it's interesting that uh, the Pulitzer recognized this album because, you know, fans and critics would say it's probably not his best album, but it's probably his most important album. Yeah. Topically. It was news, basically. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting that you feel that, that it was his it wasn't his best, but it was the most important. Yeah, it's debated. A lot, a lot of critics and fans would say maybe Good Kid, Mad City was his best. Or um, to a Butterfly. To, to yeah. a Butterfly, uh, definitely a lot of people think is his best. It, it, to Pimpa Butterfly won a ton of best album of the year, you know, list. Uh, but so did this one. You know, yeah, but it's, like, yeah. It's yeah, so what determines making it best? If you think this content is the best, well, I think some people think sounds? that it's, it's the, the most like radio friendly, yeah, yeah musicality, like, popular, yeah. you know, just well, like you know. singles okay. and toe tappers and yeah, toe tappers. I'm sure that's how they describe it in the studio. <laughs> Kendrick, you got a real toe tapper here. Let's, <laughs> I let's I thought at least more that. just a nod to his career more than necessarily this album in particular. Yeah, yeah. 
What do you uh, know? Well, what's interesting though is like I, I, that the fact that like okay, so finally some of the big awards are starting to acknowledge hip hop, right? I mean, yeah, finally I mean, they have. I to. mean, the Grammys is always getting it wrong, but like the Kennedy <laughs> Honors just did LL Cool J, uh, Jay Z became the first hip hop artist to, to um, get put in the Songwriting Hall of Fame, but like think about it, these are done a decade or two later, they're, yeah. you know, like looking yeah, back yeah, yeah. on the career. These are not artists in their prime. The fact that Kendrick Lamar just won the Pulitzer prize at his peak is such yeah. an interesting cultural acknowledgement, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did you see Jay Z on the Letterman interview? Yeah. I watched it, <sighs> man. He is amazing. I don't know that it was the best Letterman interview. Well, I didn't think Letterman right? was that great. And I did not like the cutaways to the Rick Rubin studio. I know. I'm like, why it, are we watching this white girl do this white girl yeah, song in the just, middle of it's not, it wasn't his best one. It wasn't I, his best no, one. But I thought Jay-Z, Jay-Z was great. He's so compelling and he's so like, Jay-Z, he, yeah, I just felt what it was frustrating to me watching it is I felt like there was so much more depth uh, that we could have gotten out of Jay-Z yeah. and Letterman didn't get there. Dave can yes, not break that bothersome. Late, yeah. Dave cannot break late night host. Like he's just, you think, okay, there's an option here for a follow-up question or the joke, and he'll take the joke but, every time. But he did great with uh, President Obama, and he did great with George Clooney, because like I think he has relationships mm-hmm. with them, or you know, long-time admiration, and I felt like he was coming into Jay-Z new, yeah. and he didn't know the nuance of the journey yeah. as much as he did with the other artists or guests. Yeah, and the whole East Coast, West Coast question, I'm oh, like, are, no, 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 are no. we still talking about no, that? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah I, 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 like, I have a lot of respect for, for Letterman, and I think his show is like, okay. Like, yeah. it's kind of like breezy, but to be honest like on podcast have changed the way that i think about interviews you know for so long it was the talk show format like a like an edited 60 minutes like this um uh like james comey interview that was on 60 minutes they recorded for five hours and edited it down to like 40 minutes or whatever you know like the um when you see someone on a late night show that's edited it's pre you know they they prep the questions uh, you, you know, when you, even like sort of these like news magazine type of shows, they come in with a narrative and they try to get that from the interview. When you listen to an hour and a half conversation with someone on like Marin or something yeah, yeah. where they're in a garage and right. this conversation is going to go anywhere and not a second of it's going to be edited, even if it gets awkward or even like to me, that type of in- intimacy is hard to replicate from someone whose career was built on the late night format, you know? Yeah, we're uh, but there's nothing that is more like is, I think because of podcast, Jesse, and because of what we're watching, there's nothing that like makes me hungrier. That's the word that comes to my mind. Then when uh, you're watching an interview and you want that next question, and the person doesn't ask it. Yeah. You know, like when, oh. when you feel this like, wait, I thought we were right I want there more. Yeah, you would gain yeah. trust. You would establish credibility. It was yeah. right there. And, and then you go. So, so West Coast beef's not yeah, a thing, right? No, yeah. he's leaning forward. He's wanting to give you something and you yeah. Yes, uh, that's the feeling. That's the feeling. I was at an event last week and someone was being interviewed on stage and, and I was thinking, no, 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 keep going, keep going. Yeah. You're not doing this. You're not doing it this is, right. Yeah. Like, like I, was, I was listening to someone on Marin and like their phone rang right in the middle yeah. and they, they picked it up and they were like, no, hey, your your shoes are over, you know, the, <laughs> he was talking to his kid who called him, you know, yeah, yeah, but, but, yeah. but all that to say is like the, the, no one on a TV show answering their phone and talking to their kid right. about, you know, having to meet at soccer practice later. That would never right. that would never make any other show. But it gave you it wasn't like an 
intentional planned thing, but it gave you a sense of a person that you wouldn't have otherwise gotten. And I think that medium is really conducive to that, you know? Yeah. Casey uh, Affleck, that's who it was. I remember yeah. thinking like, oh, that was yeah. the most normal moment I've seen from that guy. The, yeah. uh, the Pulitzer board wrote about Kendrick's latest album. It's a quote, virtuosic song collection unified by its vernacular authenticity and rhythmic dynam- dynamism that offers affecting vignettes capturing the complexity of modern African-American life. Wow. That, those are some smart people. Yeah. Did I'm you saying. hear the story about the guy that won uh, for photography from Charlotte? Uh, he, he was uh, there shooting the, yeah. the, the protest in Charlottesville yeah. and it was the last photo he took and he's not even a photographer anymore. He works at a brewery now. Oh. Wow. He was just there and he just wow. happened to be at the, got that photo, that place at that the, one with the, I guess the right time, but the wrong time. Right. But, and he just had the instinct to take the picture he was there for vice. Wasn't he? I th- Think so. It was Vice was yeah. covering it. That's yeah. all the footage and, and stuff we saw was because mm-hmm. a Vice crew was there. Yeah, and yeah. he just works. In they the were like now. profiling yeah. a like white supremacist. Yeah. And yeah. you know what also is cool about Kendrick winning is that is that that kind of opens up this conversation for anyone making art that there is there is nothing you can't be recognized for. Yeah, you know, not that that's why you do it, but it's like oh, I could never do this or I can. And you're like, no, I mean, you, you never know what's going to, what's going to connect with the people. So make your art and do it well and see what happens. Yeah. Kendrick's like album just got put on the shelf next to the Washington post, which is like, that's it. Kind of makes sense. It's so interesting. The, uh, the album was largely regarded as one of the best of 2017. And I'll just say this, it it topped the most prestigious list of the year's best albums. It was the top relevant magazines, top album of 2017. Big, so big. The, relevant magazine honors, the relevant magazine honors the Pulitzer follows. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. that's number two. I that believe should be was, our new Twitter bio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, in case you missed it, following Harvey Weinstein, the Screen Actors Guild says that no more meetings should happen in hotel rooms as oh. part of its revamped sexual conduct policy. High level executives are prohibited from calling for meetings in hotel rooms and similar residences, calling them high risk locations. SAG's president explained to Variety. Uh, quote, we're committed to addressing the scenario that has allowed predators to exploit performers behind closed doors under the guise of a professional meeting. That's kind of obvious, but good that they're finally calling yeah, it out. But, but, but hotel room, yeah. they're not saying that hotel rooms are the scenario, right? Like it's like well, it's the guy being a sexual predator. That's no, they're a saying, but, but they use that environment to behind closed doors under the guise of professional meeting, lure them into a, okay. a situation that yeah. is inappropriate. Where yeah. Meet in the lobby is what they're saying. Where they can and maybe wearing there's a little more safety there open. for the right. situation. Right. Okay. Predator yeah. or not, you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was afraid they were saying that's the problem. I'm like, no, that's a band aid. No, no, still I think, a maybe, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I don't think they're saying that's a problem. I think they're trying to be proactive and yeah. eliminating scenarios where, you know, the problem can become even worse. It's the sag Billy Graham rule. The less meetings in rooms with beds, the better. It's just a good rule of thumb. (laughs) That's right. Unless you work for like a mattress company. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you work for a mattress company, you're actually not allowed. I don't want to make this joke and I'd like to just censor it and continue on. (laughs) That was a good one. This is going to be the problem next week is we're not going to know. You said it's unedited, which is, we're just going to run it, which is either a great opportunity to just do what we feel like or to destroy my own reputation. I'm going to have, a, no. I'm gonna have a, a button like a 
button. That I'll, like if I see you going down the wrong train or wrong road, I'm just yeah. going to smash it. I feel like this could be a real sanctifying opportunity for all of us. Cam- Cameron, you give me the signal and I'll throw down a pyrotechnic smoke grenade and everyone will forget the horrible thing. Eddie and says. the people listening will wonder why we just went quiet for a moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because Eddie and Chan Chan are tickle fighting. <laughs> Again. That is not quiet. I've been there. Uh, hey, in case you missed it, this week Cardi B responded to fans who criticized her for being pregnant and expressed her pro-life perspective. She was interviewed on The Breakfast Club, where else? And the pop star told the host that the pregnancy wasn't planned, but she never wanted to end it. She said, I just didn't want to deal with the whole abortion thing. I didn't want to. She also said that it bothered her that people would criticize her for being pregnant. Uh, She said, it really bothers me and disgusts me because I see a lot of women online like, oh, I feel sorry for you. Oh, your career is over. And I'm just like, why can't I have both? Like as a woman, why can't I have both? Like, why do you have to choose a career or a baby? Why, why can't I have both? It's like, why do I have to wait until I'm 30-something to have a kid? I want my kid now. Uh, she's currently <laughs> engaged to Migos she... Offset. Oh, she is? Yeah. I didn't know Offset that. from the Migos. He flew in on a helicopter while she was performing a concert at an arena and 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 landed and, and came out on stage and proposed during her show. Wow. Yeah. New standard for my story. <laughs> yeah. But I, dude, <laughs> I appreciated Cardi B. Like, just how... Um, like transparent and kind of forthright she was about this topic and just, you know, kind of pointing to like an unfair double standard. Sometimes there is in culture when it comes to having kids and thinking about career and she wasn't afraid to talk about it. And two, the kid has the coolest parents in the world. One of them's Cardi B and one of them's Amigos. That is, I think that's even cooler to me. That's even more cred than Jay-Z and Beyonce's kid is you got one Amigos and one is Cardi B. More cred. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, in the current culture climate, yes. Yes, that's yeah, true. Yeah. I'm 30 years looking back. Yeah. I don't understand, yeah. even just on a very practical level, how anyone could say that having a kid's going to ruin their career. Like, most of the most famous women in the world. Well, like, like, Cardi's moment is right now. And, 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 you know, she's not Beyonce. She can't go away for two years or a year and then reemerge. Cardi B, you know, look at, look at a lot of female rappers up until Cardi B. Yeah. They have their moment. You know, yeah. and then like once that is over, you it's can say over. Rappers in general, too. Yeah, yeah that's I true. Think. And so, Artists like, in general, so too. the ruining the career thing is like, if you're pregnant right now, this summer, you need to be headlining festivals. And if you don't, if you're not able to seize that opportunity, like it won't come back around. And so that's why the critics would have said it. Now she proved them wrong. This last weekend, she was at Coachella and she was doing the main stage that's SNL. Yeah, performing. Like, yeah. yeah. Very pregnant yeah. <laughs> and like, like rocking it with the full Cardi B huge production, you know? Yeah. So yeah, proven I was watching, there's a 60 minute story on this about how, you know, unequal pay in the workplace and how there's just this on as, Sunday night. I watched that yeah, too. It was such an interesting story. The whole but Salesforce. Right. Thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's just such an assumed bias that, you know, like, like as if Cardi B can't do her job because she's pregnant and going to have a kid. It's like, maybe we just trust her to figure it out. Like it's probably not the most convenient situation for her, but she'll, she'll figure it out. She's going to, she's crazy. And if you make good art and you keep making good art, people will stick around. I mean, that's just yeah. the science of it. You yeah. can stop and have a baby and come back. And if you're still doing good work, people are going to know good work and want to give you a Pulitzer for it. 
I wouldn't have thought yeah. I would have woken up this morning and, and thought I'm going to be pretty defensive of Cardi B today on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but I am, and I'm I, go for I, it. I do wake up most mornings feeling that. I think I got to speak up for Cardi B. This is what I'm doing today. <laughs> hey, in case you missed it this week, Jane Krakowski said we may be in for a 30 Rock reboot. I can't handle these stories. She told oh. the Hollywood Reporter there's definitely talk, but in conversations uh, about bringing back the original cast for several more episodes. She said that the entire cast still remembers the show fondly. Um, we all say over and over again that working on that show was probably the best experience we've ever, we're ever going to have in our careers as far as creativity goes. We're still so proud of the writing and the great characters. She also said she'd be curious to find out uh, how Jenna Maroney, her, her character, has fared since the last season of the show. What I think is interesting about it is... 30 Rock was always the show that never could get the ratings to like every year. Yeah. It's like, yeah. this is gonna be the last season. Oh no, nobody's watching 30 Rock. And the critics are like, no, this is a great show. <laughs> yeah. And it just wasn't popular when yeah. it was on. And then they're talking about rebooting it. They even yeah. got very ref- self-referential about it. They were talking yeah. about, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Jess. You, you know what would be, I think the most interesting thing about the show coming back, if it did come back, is how Jack Don, like it, let, let's say that it takes place current times, right? Like the, I feel like the delicate thing is, is Jack Donaghy plays this, you know, at times problematic, um, you know, ideas about different things. Um, but but he's he's very conservative in some ways um, politically. How they would deal with like the the current political climate from Jack Donaghy's perspective. And the other element that makes that interesting is that obviously Alec Baldwin has you know famously portrayed Donald Trump right. on SNL. But I don't think Jack Donaghy would be as antagonistic to uh, no, you know not. some things as, he's a as fiscal, Alec Baldwin he's a is. That would be the most interesting thing, I think. That would be interesting, especially if he was like a pro-Trump kind of guy. I think that'd be really oh, interesting. Oh, he would to watch. have to be because yeah, he's, he's a, a yeah. businessman. You know? yeah. And in my heart, yeah. Jenna Maroney became like she is the woman she was on Kimmy Schmidt. I did graduate her and pretend that was her. <laughs> see, in my mind, Jenna Maroney became the the woman we see in the Trop 50 commercials. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, sure. You I know. mean, isn't it all the same woman, though, actually? It's, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Isn't the Trop 50 woman still also the one who has that really swanky place in New York on yeah. Kimmy Schmidt? They yeah. keep uh, uh, every week. There's a story like someone from uh, Jim from the office said, "Yeah, we'll do a Christmas one." Or everybody's saying, well, "I'm, I'm waiting for one of these to actually happen." Jesse uh, pulls together the content for in case you missed it, and he, uh, you know, he bookmarks Variety.com, so that's why there's so many of these. <laughs> oh yeah, articles. <laughs> it's his homepage. Okay, okay time, time. We're getting Cardi B. We're talking the Pulitzers. I, I, I've got to throw a sitcom reboot in there. Come on, the, the, I'm not saying give us some variety here, Jesse. I'm not. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying. I'm waiting for I'm one sorry, of these. Hey, to pan- I'm sorry okay. for keeping everyone in the know about <laughs> <Okay>. what's happening <laughs> in culture. Just wait a second. All right, lastly, in case you missed it, we got our Bieber worship update. Justin oh Bieber. No. Justin we, Bieber oh, led no. a worship service at Coachella. We have Sunday to morning. talk about Beyonce at Coachella. Oh, that was as iconic. Good. That's as good as a perform. That, that was like Michael Jackson at the whatever, like whenever we did in the moonwalk. No, no. Yes. Whenever he did the moonwalk, uh, I, don't, I don't remember what it was. This is like one of the great performances of all time. Yeah, yeah. No, We're talking it, about Beyonce. Probably. Yeah, it was incredible. The fact that she could get a hundred, you know, dancers to be in perfect, like it, it was synchronization. A, yeah. yeah, I mean, the just the excellence. And the perfection of that performance was just. And I am the mildest of Beyonce fans, like yeah, mildest. Yeah. And I was massively impressed. And there was this big uproar <laughs> that she changed nail color in the middle yes. of the set. 
Black nail polish That's for impressive. the be- beginning and then white nail polish. It's like a magic yes, but trick. It, it ends up, it, it wasn't, that, the white nail polish was the rehearsal. People were just splicing the pictures uh, together. But the idea that someone would change nail color she could, is, though. is that's the highest level of respect would, I can offer listen, is someone who can change their nail be, color in the middle of the it would, show. It'd be like stickers. It would just be like... I am going to try to change my nail color in the middle of the live show next week. Well done. I've seen... The reason I'm not super impressed with that is I've seen Quick Change. You may remember them from America's Got Talent or several NBA halftime shows. Yes. Once you see Quick Change, which is a couple who does like a little dance routine. there's It's a BCAD type of moment. Your life pre- Quick change. Pretty quick change. And the way you see the world post quick change. Yeah. I have no idea yeah. how they throw up this sheet and as it's falling to the ground, they're in totally different outfits. It <laughs> is remarkable. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah for remember? my money, for my money, you can give me Frisbee dogs. You can give me Cirque du Soleil. You yeah. know? Yeah. It's the best halftime entertainment there is because it's it baffles the mind yeah. while you're watching it. If you'll remember, that's what we he did on uh, Popstar. Week. On Andy Samberg's character on Popstar did a quick change. Oh, yeah. And did two quick changes, and the last and one didn't work. One ended disastrously. Totally naked on stage. <laughs> it was a great joke. <laughs> um, so, Justin, okay, Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. So, so, I don't know if y'all heard, but uh, the city church, Judah Smith, the church that Judah Smith pastors in Seattle and yeah. LA, has changed their name to Church Home. Or why not? And Church With Home. With only one H, which is challenging for one, me. It's one word, Church Home. And uh, Sunday morning, there was a church home event at Coachella. They had a, a church service on Sunday morning. And I think that is the coolest thing ever, that a church yeah. had a service at Coachella on Sunday morning. First of all, that's amazing. But um, so Bieber wasn't on the lineup for Coachella. He was just there as a fan. He was just there hanging out with his friends. And then on Sunday morning... He went to the church home service uh, at the festival and led attendees in worship. Here's here's a clip. So there you go. Look at that. G- bringing Jesus to Coachella. I think that's really cool that, because there's the old school Ichthu stuff that happened in Kentucky where there was, but it was a Christian festival, right? So for it to be like a main mainstream a, festival, like like that, festival, I think that's really cool. I've never heard yeah. of a festival. I mean, there's no Sunday morning service at Lollapalooza. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, yeah, they had, yeah, I remember at like Cornerstone. Yeah, they had them, but yeah. it was, yeah. it was, it was like 2000 people singing as long as you love me together. It was a really lovely moment. Mm hmm. That was a Justin Bieber song, everybody, in case you didn't know. <laughs> Actually, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's a yeah. Justin Did you Bieber. have to look that, that up? Bieber Is that what you were doing yeah. on your phone? I was trying to think of a really famous Justin Bieber song in order to make that joke, but it didn't work. But hey, we don't, we're not going to edit the show on Friday. This is just this is what you get. So Bumper cars. Too I'm terrified. Bad. All right. That'll do it for in case you missed it. Stay tuned. Up next. What would have been the right song? Channel? Slices.
You're listening to Churches. The song is Miracle. Oh, Christian. <laughs> At the beginning of the podcast, you heard, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, with uh, no going back. Used to be, you know, you owe me, dude. It was all one word. And they shortened it. Oh, really? Yeah. It just it Y-N-U-O. Really y- Y-U-N-O. <clears throat> yep. There you go. Yeah. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? Okay, <laughs> I love this story so much. A group of students at the University of Tokyo have uh, launched a startup. Um, and and uh, Cameron, had I known about this startup, they were at South by um, uh, during the Tech Week. I would have I would have asked you to make an appearance to check out this product because I don't I don't invest in a lot of things. You know, my, my all my investments are yeah. in in Fireworks. gold and minerals <laughs> and things like that stuff that. Uh, <laughs> Stuff. Yeah, it doesn't go but yeah, pyrotechnics. Things that minor. you know are gonna maintain their value uh, no matter what. Yeah, nothing what nothing saying. maintains its value like forty year old pyrotechnics. Independent yeah, I, criminals. I have, I have <laughs> barrels and barrels of gasoline all throughout my yard. Um, because at some point people are gonna need gas. Buried or not? Is it buried? Uh, some of them are partly buried. <laughs> The first time I was burying one, I hit uh, some sort of wire pipe, uh, and so I decided just to halfway do them. So there's gasoline everywhere. Sweet Um, Dana had to pick up another part-time job that she works in the evening just to keep a roof over their head because this guy can't stop spending on stuff. I've invested heavily on an above-ground swimming pool full of gasoline. So, uh, (laughs) uh, coming up next on the Love and Money podcast, yeah, couples court. Good news, bad news. I'm pretty close to cracking the code. Uh, bad news. You wait till this town is a post-apocalyptic wasteland yeah. run by road warriors and gangs of gas-hungry thieves. Hey, they're so laughing. I'm so happy anniversary. I, I love watch, you. Uh, I watch Last Man on, uh, Last Man on Earth on Fox every Sunday. I mean, you yeah. know, they get they need gas. You're they like go the around only and, guy who does that. I like it. I think yeah. it's a funny show. So it's anyway, so funny. yeah, it is. It's smart. So, but it's I would, no 30 but Cameron, rock, but I would have, t- I would have asked you to check out the product by this startup. Uh, like I said, founded by college students called Lunavity. Lunavity. Um, the name they describes have it. Created, they have created. <laughs> it's exactly what you think it is. It's exactly. <laughs> they have created a product that is it, it is very elaborate, very expensive. And extremely pointless, and I love them. Yeah, for it. no kidding. <laughs> they, have you seen this, Eddie? <laughs> no, but I. But your description of it is like, oh, that's why it's a slice. Yes. This is, and that's why Jesse loves yeah. this one. Yeah. They have created he's an eleven-year-old adult. <laughs> man. Oh man, I love this so much. They've created a hover backpack <laughs> with the goal of making the average person able to jump two to three times higher than normal. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, wow. oh no way, man! <laughs> so, so it's this. It's very high tech. It's very sensitive. You put it to, on. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it looks pretty sleek in yeah. the video. So it looks like uh, I'm going to describe it and then I'll describe why they made it. So a, a small white backpack that looks like you have a big kind of like ring over your head. But in that are like some sort of like fans that propel you upwards. But again, this isn't like a rocket pack. You can't fly around. You can pretty much jump like you're on the moon anywhere. Um, so they wanted. So well, don't they have those big bouncy shoes? things that do that 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 look like smiles you know yeah yeah that like that like beetlejuice wears at universal yes yeah yeah Yeah. exactly 
to entertain the crowd. We don't need a jetpack. We got the big shoes. Yeah, but mm-hmm. this one you kind of float both. a little bit high. You, you kind of like those. You're wow. still grabbing you that work. Hold on, if you did both, it'd be like double bouncing somebody on a trampoline. Yeah. For oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're shooting the, leg, the low sure. atmosphere. Yeah. Gotta tell you, uh, not let's long get ago, to try it next week. Lucy, my five year old daughter, and I were on a trampoline and double bounced her, and I gotta tell you, I thought I'd lost her. Happy it, birthday, Lucy. She was she was out of here when she came back. No, she came back down. I was like stunned like what (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like sorry i I just i accidentally and she's like okay maybe maybe lucy jumps alone and then ted comes on and jumps yeah that's probably wisely you know the risk of double bouncing is you accidentally steal their jump if you mistime it by just a second and there's no worse feeling than your legs just buckling under (laughs) you it's like dead handing a person like giving like a fish hand it's It's like your whole body just collapses it's like literally it's like from your head to your toe you you have been crumpled up like a ball of paper just oh you stole the jump it's the worst we when i was in high school we had like a youth group home group at my house and we had a trampoline and it was one of those old school trampolines that didn't have these like you, you know, wussy like safety nets around them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, <laughs> and, I know. Or and, built into the ground. And they were kind of like, yeah, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. no and, and we had it out in this like clearing at the edge of the woods and we would double bounce kids into the woods. I mean, they would just like oh, yeah. fly out into the darkness. Like it was and, never seen again. He just <laughs> yeah, into the trees. I don't but know what happened. We had, we did have a bunch of, uh, of people like kind of come down in the Springs, break a leg, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. But we never yeah. like stopped having the trampoline. It's like, no. well, that was your fault. Nice part you know? growing up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Man, we I had a lie. friend whose knee, she had braces, and we were doing the like crack the egg game. We're in high school, middle school, end of high school. Yeah. Knee and, braces or, uh, or on your teeth? Braces. Uh, she had braces on her teeth, oh, okay. and she her knee <laughs> went into her braces and wouldn't come out. Wait, her 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 knee got stuck to her mouth, is what you're saying? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it was Listen, so if, if, you like didn't, if you didn't have braces. at least one friend who got if you didn't have at least one friend who got a compound fracture on a trampoline, I question whether you had a real childhood. <laughs> that's, yeah. right. that's right. That's right. Jesse, so this thing gets you four, what is it? Two, two to three times the normal jump, which isn't that ambitious for a yeah, product. I would that's love to I love see it. what it's like to I jump love it six because inches. They're like, we're going to create something, <laughs> a hover backpack. And they're like, oh, cool. Is it going to drive you around the city? No, we're just going to let you jump two to three times higher. Like, it's like, cool, but doesn't really necessitate a whole startup. I know they had to swindle somebody into funding this thing. And so they're somewhat self-aware about it because people have been asking, well, like, what's a practical use for this? Like, what problem is this device going to solve? So they've come up with three scenarios that they're pitching. One is obviously you'll be able to dunk a basketball, which I feel like everyone's wanted to do. Um Two, let's say there's a scenario where you needed to water a very tall plant. Ah. This will let you jump up and do that. Um, and also, uh, instead of having to wait to cross a busy street, if it's narrow enough, you could just jump across it. <laughs> like you're well, basically like Mario. Imagine yourself like you Super Mario. You don't water the top of the plant anyway. Yeah, nor would a jump be enough time to water it. It's not like you're just going <laughs> right. to like pop up there real quick and a little bit of water and then yeah, you got to <laughs> jump for a minute there. But all I'm you saying is spritzer, like, like a little spritz. Yeah. You know, you do for your but like. Why are you uh, spritz? in the top like your bonsai trees no you, you, you i bought a little spritzer the succulents and stuff you get a spritz on the top 
Just moisten the the. Is the there gonna is there gonna be a stuff. gift table at the live show for people wanting to bring us offerings? Yes. All right. Oh yeah. Kind of like, like a Luna Vidity backpack. <laughs> we'll have that. We'll I have will a demonstrate. Box for it for we'll have the Jesse robot greet everybody as they come in. Of course, <gasps> oh, Jesse will be. I wanted to see that. Well, well, we can like have uh, Tyler Huckabee be on the robot yeah. that day or something. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's a great. We'll figure one. it we out. We should make uh, Calvin do it, but he's like still just in the back studio, like in the bathroom stall. Oh, this is going to be so been fun. in there for like an hour. <laughs> you feel all right? All right, what do you have, uh, Annie? So here's a thing about me. There is a TV show I absolutely love called Man vs. Food. Do y'all know it? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. It used yeah. to be with Adam Richman, who I kind of secretly have a crush on just because he does the funniest stuff. But the challenge for Man vs. Food is he'll go from restaurant to restaurant and eat their like most, their biggest offering, their strangest thing, whatever it is. And I saw today that there is this place in North Carolina, this burger joint that is adding fried tarantulas uh, to the top of their burger. Mm, uh, I mean, would y'all ever, would y'all even try that? Would you eat a fried tarantula? I mean, their whole thing is it's Bull City Burger and Brewery and they were having exotic meat month. Okay. <laughs> so they had alligator, <laughs> iguana, python, bison, turtle insects but there was a tarantula challenge so you got a hamburger pasture-aged hamburger with gruyere cheese chili sauce and an oven roasted tarantula and of course if you finish your plate you get a t-shirt that says you you ate the bull city tarantula but it is so disgusting looking so so is it is it like okay so the legs part i could see being kind of like fry them up kind of like string onion rings or like like, uh, you yeah, know, look at it. So we're talking like you got that big uh, body thing. Uh, uh, my thing oh is my. you're probably going to bite into that. It's got a crunchy exterior and it's going to ooze out like a Cadbury Gooey egg. insides. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And it's okay. all hot. Yeah. Too. So uh, I do yeah, have a little all- bit of like, I know it's gross, but why is it any, I, I've never understand this because I, it disgusts me. I would just throw up immediately. Yeah. But why is it any less gross than eating like a crab? Or anything, yeah. any other which weird is a, animal, which we is eat. a big spider that lives in the ocean. Which, <laughs> by the way, how great spider. was that lobster sketch on SNL? This it week? was as good. Do you know the history behind yes. that sketch? Yeah, they, didn't he pitch it like eight it, years ago? Yeah, it was then, like a 2010 oh, thing. John for context, John Mulaney was before he was this, you know big standout, uh, big stand-up star. He was uh, a writer on SNL, and he for, came for back five years. For yeah, five years, yeah. He he created a lot of the iconic. You know, sketches Step during on. that. Yeah. 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 So he wrote that. Yeah. And then the other one, the switcheroo sketch later on, he wrote in 2009 yeah. and got pitched. So this is basically, uh, can I tell you my other favorite thing about SNL? Yeah. Uh, I was in No Big Deal LA last week. No big. That's <laughs> Los Angeles. <laughs> and uh, I was at the comedy store and uh, he dropped in and he did that SNL monologue and he was testing it out. And so there were a couple of jokes <gasps> that cool. you were there. I was there. So he dropped in and did the SNL. No so he's like, Hey That's everybody, super cool. sorry to interrupt, yeah. but like I'm practicing for SNL. So let's pretend we're at SNL. And he goes, thank you. Thank you. And he did the whole like salt and no pepper sketch. And, wow. then were, and it was funny. Cause there was a couple that he did that. I was like, well, that didn't really quite get the, the applause that he had hoped for. Like there was one about, I'm not going to try to do well, it. But apparently, uh, it, apparently his, 
workshopping worked. It, yeah. And yeah. so he did it and he did it. And he was like, thanks so much. I'll be on SNL. I hope you watch it. That's Bye. so cool. Eddie. It was the coolest. So when that I was, was watching his cool. monologue, I felt yeah. like I was there. But, but, but to, but to your point, to your point before I derailed it. Yeah. I don't see how eating a fried tarantula is different than eating a crab or a lobster. They're, they're big bugs. They're big bugs. The only difference is they live in the ocean and they're not, you know, who cares? Wait, here's my question. Have any of y'all done an eating thing like that at a restaurant? Oh, I get, I it's get a loaded question. Cause I have, when I was in uh, Somalia, I had camel. Oh, but is that like a thing? Or is that just trying to be? It, but you? it wasn't a nice. challenge. That was just like a thing on the. I, I tried to. Ch- I tried a pizza challenge one time and failed miserably and had to pay like forty bucks for the pizza because the only thing you got is you didn't have to pay for. What it. was the challenge? How much pizza? It, it, I can't remember the size. It, it was an absurdly large pizza, and for some reason, I thought it would be easier if it had pepperoni because I really like pepperoni. But I didn't <laughs> like think about the fact I'm just a- adding like a pound of meat to the challenge at that point, and I came up woefully <laughs> short. What about you, AFD? Have you ever done one? I do. That's why. That's one of the reasons I was drawn to this because about ten years ago, before I was allergic to dairy, I at the at a restaurant in North Georgia, I ate Billy's Belly Bomb, which was like a oh, banana split, but had like it was a human. Scoops it was a man named Billy, <laughs> <laughs> and I was so sick, but I got the T-shirt. Oh wow! Ew. Yeah. yeah. I mean, All it right. was like a full banana split. With so many scoops, of, I mean, literally 15 scoops of ice cream and whipped cream and Oof. nuts and all the stuff. And you had to eat the whole thing. And proudly, early 20s, Annie could do it. <laughs> do you are, are you actually allergic to it or do you just have lactose yeah, intolerance? No, I'm allergic to it. It makes my face blow up and my throat close. I have an EpiPen. Oh, wow. You guys should know that before we're together oh, next wow. week. The uh, only, uh, feed me the, dairy. I've only had two food related t-shirts in my life free t-shirts mm-hmm. one i got in high school is from subway and it said fresh hot buns and i wore it all the time because i thought it was hilarious <laughs> that is funny yeah. and your mom was very suggestive very and, funny. and uh then uh this year at the magic game i caught an orlando i caught an olive garden t-shirt oh. and it's talking about how Ooh. they somehow they tied in baskets like breadstick baskets Fine. to uh, whatever whatever did you give that to jesse but but i like fresh hot buns like good for somebody i I got a t-shirt because i was one time in georgia and i ate a man named billy and (laughs) i'm not proud of it but uh i was very proud of myself i had that pink t-shirt for a long time and my face is still hanging up in the restaurant wow congratulations dear is your winner you guys you brought a winner into the family uh all right what do you have eddie um so i I was hesitant to do a revelation revelation, though I'm telling you this could, speaking of the 10-year show, fall in underneath that. But uh, I'm going to put this under the file of what could possibly go wrong. It just seems like a totally <laughs> amazing... That's kind of the same theme of of uh, both of their slices. What could possibly go wrong? What well, could go wrong yeah. here? <laughs> yeah, here it is. This what- week, our story in three acts. The theme, what could go wrong? Our first story comes from us from the University of Tokyo, where students have asked the question... Can a man jump two to three times as high? Is there? <laughs> can you jump Act one? Too high. Act one of our backpack. And what are we jumping for? Um, so, <laughs> Act three. Woolly mammoths are making a comeback. So what? here's what they're doing. You know, you can clone anything now, except for people, and even that, you could probably clone a person. But we haven't crossed into that. But we've cloned sheep, and uh, Barbara Streisand oh. recently famously cloned her dogs. 
Do, do we know about this? Yeah. No. Yeah. Barbara Streisand like got her favorite dog that recently died cloned and now she has three of them. So what? there's a picture of her <laughs> oh, no. with three dogs that look exactly the same and they are all clones of her dog. No. That she <laughs> I think actually probably that that's just the end of the slice. Uh, be, because, like, because of that, knowing that how those dogs were created, how many of those, how many of the two of the three are pure evil? Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's actually cloning in animals is a really common practice. So for um, I think it's pull, like a really famous uh, horse that like a polo player has. They have cloned. I saw this on real sports. They cloned that horse over and over and over again. And this guy, they showed a stable and he's like, yeah, every single one of these horses is a clone of my favorite horse. And so what? like the cloning of animals in order to just create more of That's the animal so you crazy. like. So here's what's happening now. Normally, though, you got to have the animal in order to clone it. So you can't just clone, like, for instance, you can't just create something out of thin air like a dinosaur. Uh, not yet, though. We've all seen the documentary Jurassic Park, and we know it's coming. <laughs> to that end, a, uh, a, they have extracted the DNA from woolly mammoths. And they are using that DNA to mix it with an, like an African, an Asian elephant. And they are creating, they are in the process of creating like a hybrid Asian elephant woolly mammoth that they say will basically look like a woolly mammoth. And if that isn't just brilliant enough, what they're going to... Brilliant. That's the word we're going with. What did I say? Brilliant. Brilliant. No, yeah. it's as good. It's as perfect an idea because again, <gasps> what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Right. <laughs> they are, stay on theme. Right. They Jesse, are, this is why the, the backpacks are getting invented because we all need to be able to get away quickly. Yeah. But, but here's my question before you go any further. Go, go, go. I feel like they went the most boring route possible. Like if they're going to clone, they're going to, because they, they got to mix it with something, right? The DNA from the woolly mammoth. So they chose, <laughs> why chose an animal that basically looks just like a woolly mammoth? without hair right why not yeah. if you're like hey we listen in order for this to work we got to mix it with another animal why not like Hamster. mix it with an owl or a tiger or right. something where just a whole new cool animal we've never seen before let's <laughs> let's right. see, see what hey i've been to the smithsonian they got a big woolly mammoth right when you walk in the door i've never seen uh like i said a, a, a woolly mammoth fish hybrid that would have been cool <laughs> it's a big hairy fish so what they're going to do is delicious and I can't find where it is right now, but they are going to make a woolly mammoth park. So they're going to begin cloning these things. What? Yeah. And they're going to make a, so park a Jurassic park that you can I go. Mean, this is literally Jurassic park. We've seen the yeah, end of it, this. It's like, as it's, it's exactly. So they're going to make a park with, and you'll be able to go and visit and see these woolly mammoth Asian elephant hybrids. And again, what could go wrong? Just we're all riding around the park and I'm sure that they won't develop an intelligence and try to kill idea. you, et cetera, I mean, et cetera. Like, haven't we learned anything from Monkey Island in Tampa? Yeah. I mean, like life finds a way. Life. Life. Yeah. Like they get off the island. There was literally, I was reading a story. I almost brought it, but there was a bunch of baboons that got out of a, a, a like a zoo thing in Texas this week. They found them, but they were gone for like a day. <laughs> You're creating dinosaurs. You yeah. know, like the worst thing, like baboons are going to cause some mischief, but I'm not worried about the safety of the city. I'm woolly, not worried about mammoth. the plot of the film Rampage unfolding. A newly created woolly mammoth is going to, you know, going to want to see the, the bigger world. I mean, didn't we learn yeah. anything from Madagascar movies? Right. You know, the, the right. animals want to get out of the pens. They want to go back to their homeland. The woolly mm -hmm. mammoths don't have one. They're going to look everywhere. They're going to rampage the world. They're going to, I don't wait, like wait, it. are we, I mean, are talking like they're fast moving like the dinosaurs? Mm -hmm. It's, I, 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 no I would idea. imagine well, we that they know. won't rampage as much as they will How just. You, I mean, char charging elephants. I mean, yeah. they they pummel people. 
Oh, hey, okay. I got a really, uh, and I forget if I've asked this before, but this is a really morbid question, but it feels like somebody on this show will know. Okay. When an elephant yeah, dies at the zoo. Yeah. What do you do with it? What do you do with Slice it, it up. Right there? Burgers. Oh my what? gosh. Burgers. A crane? Burgers. You can't slice them. How it's the do only, you, hey, listen, the only you ethical get that way, up? the only ethical way you're ever going to be able oh to eat elephant meat right. is yeah. if one dies at the zoo. Because at that point, <laughs> right. it's already dead. And, and that's actually, yeah. But I mean, really, really, really. What do you do? What, is, what do you do? With an animal, I mean, isn't that true size. for any animal that th- is of a large size? I think they would but have I mean, tigers, cremation can- facilities at any reputable zoo that they can just drag it into there and burn it up. That is a yeah, one big you know, cremation that, that, facility. Yeah, one time I was driving uh, and I got turned around behind a zoo and there was an elephant in the dumpster. I was like, oh, so that's <gasps> what the <this> thing is. <laughs> Jesse! I have always been curious about that. Because you, you can't even move that thing to a better location in order to dispose of it I guess properly, like it, wherever it dies is where you got to deal with this. I think that the, they do the, the slow death. I think that the, they know it's coming and they're going to take it out and probably put it down like at a vet. Yeah. I, I, really don't, I know. don't know. I, I mean, like I, I, I know never, I've just never thought about such keel a thing, over. Uh, rarely, I would think that. I it mean, but they have to have a keel over plan. That should be a nice. That would but be a nice question. If, 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 I, was just, if I was at the zoo and I knew <laughs> if I knew the elephant was close, right. to, to going. Yeah. And this is a morbid topic, but I'm just trying to put myself right. in that right. scenario because right. you yeah. put me here. We're talking about zoology again. I would. I would. would, I would donate mm-hmm. the elephant to another zoo and not tell them it had like a chronic health problem yeah. and was terminally <laughs> ill, and then I'd be like, not my problem anymore. Yeah, not my elephant. they said they said the flatbed you load that thing up it's not your problem anymore <laughs> yes well, it's yeah, the same thing good luck he's get, they had yeah, a whale he's, he's they, had a goner. A, they had a killer whale like a uh, shamu kind of whale die yeah. at sea world recently again slice it up but you can't bring that thing oh you can't you can't get that no only part a crane. of this animal a crane. Will go to waste yeah so again, is that, is that but think happens? about sea world they transport these animals they have those uh, that equipment all right, yeah. well, then I'm back to elephant because elephants got to walk in and walk out. Yeah, There's- no, an elephant. That's right. I think. But again, I think an elephant's going to die of old age. So they, they know it's coming for a while or health issues. They know it's coming for a while. And I think they probably vet vet the thing and they they stick the needle in there and take care of them when they're ready. You know, wow. at like the Grand Canyon or something like somewhere where they can just kind of peacefully yeah, they, follow it. it for a you walk. think they can just like launch him into the Grand Canyon and that's considered a good so you're thinking, burial? You're thinking they old old yeller it. They just let it out mm. to go to the pasture. Yeah. Go back yeah. into the woods and from where you just came. Put, like, the last thing you hear is a gunshot. That Jesse talked about on an elephant and send him yeah. over the edge of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. I think that's. I think we got to the bottom of it. I'm yeah, sure. I think we figured out what we do with elephants across the nation. They, just get they thrown go down to the, the train yard, put them on the back of one. They don't know where it goes. You know, out to Kalamazoo. They don't yeah. know. Ah, they just hey, picked a train if, car and floated them off. Cohen's toddler goodnight books taught me anything. Yep. Every train has one of those things with no roof on it, and the elephants <laughs> go in that one. No problem. You know? right. Piles right. of elephants. It's just an elephant train that goes around the country <laughs> picking they, up. They, they pick them up. All the, all the sick and old <laughs> ones. It never, yeah, and literally they just drive till there's no more elephants. Let nature take its course. It's, it's like the a, garbage it's truck a ride to nowhere. The garbage just, truck going around the neighborhood. They pick up the trash. They pick up the sick and old elephants and yeah. then drive it to the Grand Canyon. You never hear from them again. And oh is, man, you guys can't do this to me because I already weird. am really focused weird, on man. our no, Elam research. You can't give me another topic I want to get to the bottom of. Well, somebody's got it. Somebody has got to be a. We've got to have a zoologist or somebody listening to the show that can tell a us cryptozoologist. Tell us, what tell us do you the real do, answer. What happens when the elephant dies? What do you I'm do with it? I'm telling you, they put it down and incinerate it. You can't yeah. set it on fire in the middle of the 
elephant pit. No, you do it at yeah, night when the, 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 the families have gone home. People would know you're burning elephants. No, they would, they would, your whole city would smell like a barbecue. <laughs> Yeah, it would smell like right yeah. Oh my god! Which is proof they're not doing it because there's a zoo down the street. For, well, I guess an elephant yeah. had died. You're right. May, that may be what happens. All of a sudden, there's just like little pop up pop up restaurants everywhere called Pachyderms. Oh. Hey, there's a, hey, did you see? There's a bunch of new food trucks over by the zoo. The, the, yeah, the Pachyderm truck is back. Exotic. That's funny. We haven't seen it in like two years. Exotic. Love, love, Delicious. love their it's ravioli. All, oh, it's, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. A little gamey. <laughs> <laughs> and it tastes kind of old. I think you should eat one of the burgers. I feel oh, sad yes. when I eat this. <laughs> oh, like, good. good job, Chandler. Good. Good. What did Chandler say? <laughs> he said you get a t-shirt if you eat one of the burgers. Well, Chandler. <laughs> wow. Don't edit that out. That was a fine joke. <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll wrap it up. Uh, on that uh, note. That'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Matt Chandler joined us. You're listening to Unknown Mortal Orchestra. The song is Everyone Acts Crazy Nowadays. This week's show is brought to you by Blue Apron. Yes. The number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Uh, They're on a mission to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron offers fresh, non-GMO, pre-proportioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes right to your door that can be cooked in under 45 minutes. I, I, I will say this. I've made, I've made a bunch of Blue Apron meals, and even for someone who is terrible at most instruction-based things, it's, I, I, could, I could pull it off in a, in a, in a reasonable amount of time. They're yeah. very good. They're very they just, good at, at packing those. They, yeah, at this point, they just send Jesse the special gummy bears and a Hot Pockets box. <laughs> the, menu, the, the Blue Apron menu changes every week based on what's in season and is designed by Blue Apron's in-house culinary team. And now, for six weeks, from April 16th through May 21st, going on right now, Blue Apron is teaming with Airbnb to bring you the best home cooking from around the world. Each week, their menu will feature a recipe developed in collaboration with an Airbnb experiences host like Cece, a chef from Shanghai who makes incredible Kung Pao chicken. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. That's cool. cool. So six six weeks it's going on. So go check it out. You can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free at blueapron.com slash relevant. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Matt Chandler is the pastor of Texas's The Village Church and the author of the brand new book, Take Heart, Christian Courage in an Age of Unbelief, which looks at why the decline of Christendom might not actually be a bad thing. We recently spoke with Matt about why Christians shouldn't be discouraged about the adversity facing the church, how to respond to cultural opposition to faith, and also why churches need to be more involved in fighting racial injustice. Here is our conversation with Matt Chandler. Why did you want to write Take Heart? Can you tell me a little bit about the inspiration behind your new book? Well, there were, there were two things that happened simultaneously. The, the first was that the Acts 29 European Conference was in Rome. Um, and so I had flown to Rome. Um, and one of the things that occurred while we were in Rome is after the conference, I did kind of the touristy stuff, as you would expect, and 
uh, I think I paid 20 euros or something like that to walk through the ruins of the Colosseum. Um, and so it struck me while I was walking through the Colosseum or the ruins of the Colosseum that, that Rome, you know, the most powerful empire the world's probably seen, you know, ruled the world from India to England for 1500 years. I mean, just to put that into context, if you start to think about how old the United States is, I mean, it, it's not, I mean, it's, it's in diapers compared to the Roman Empire. And, um, and this was an empire that for a season set its power and authority uh, to destroy the Christian faith. And, and here I am all these years later, um, paying money as a Christian pastor from across an ocean, uh, you know, from a land that they wouldn't even realize existed, um, walking through its ruins. And so I had fresh in my mind the staying power of the gospel over the empires of man. Um, and then I arrived home to, it, it was that season in which, you know, does a, does a baker have to make a cake for a gay wedding does and wherever people landed on that, there was a real sense. Uh, and, and I'm not speaking of evangelicalism. There was a real sense among the people that I was pastoring that we were losing ground, that the rapid rise of secularization was destroying our way of life, that more quickly than we imagined, we were being pushed to the margins. And, and so people were responding to that fear in a variety of different ways. And, and I wanted to help the village and then help by, by however, however God had positioned me in the greater story or the greater picture of faith in the West. I wanted to help us think about this season in a way that was more in tune with the God of the Bible than uh, what we were seeing simply in our day. And that was to call us to Christian courage. And so really, I didn't want us to live in fear, uh, but wanted to try to help cultivate courage that could only be found not in staring at ourselves or our immediate time in history, but rather in the immutability of the God of the Bible or the unchanging power of God's purposes and plans. And so that was really the heart of the book. Historically, what do we see when the church comes under attack? Yeah, most of the time. So there's a couple of things that I don't want to be overly triumphalistic because you see historically when the church is forced to the margins, a loss of institutional power. And that that is more problematic than I think people realize because you're talking about institutions of higher education. You're talking about access to some things that we've had um, throughout American history that we might be on the cusp of losing. Um, but other than institutional power, I think you've seen the church thrive in some ways that most people don't think. You, you see the evaporation of what I think Tim Keller called the mushy middle um, and, and a revitalization of genuine, legitimate faith. Um, and, and so if we look at the early church, if we look at places like China, that all the missionaries were kicked out of China during the revolution, um, and then Christianity exploded in China. Um, and so you see the church in the margins tends to thrive, move, grow, it innovates, it problem solves, 
and um, really beautiful things can happen. It tends to undermine the hostility of empires when it's in the margins in a way that it doesn't seem to be able to do when it sits in the seat of cultural power. I want to shift gears here for a second and talk about the recent MLK 50 event. You know, we shared a lot of uh, some of the things that you said with our readers and and some video clips from the event that uh, you spoke at, and it really resonated. Um, And one of the things I kind of want to dig into is how you said that when uh, many times when you address justice issues from the pulpit, there are people who accuse you of being, quote unquote, liberal. Um, I think, you know, particularly in the context of race and uh, the importance for the church to address race issues, um, you know, there is a surprising sometimes blowback um, from some people within the church. Yeah. How do you think this kind of partisanship and opposition to discussing racial issues became so prominent within the church and how can it be properly addressed? Yeah, well, I, I think we address it by addressing it, <laughs> you know, I, and that was part of my point at MLK 50 is we have got to say something here. Uh, and once you say something, and, and we've seen it since the conference, things start coming into the light that maybe were hidden. And, and some of that is ignorance or misunderstanding. And now we have the opportunity to address that because now it's in the light. And, and some of it is blatant sinfulness that needs to be called sin. Uh, and, and you get the opportunity to call people to repent of what would clearly be defined as sin in the Bible. Um, now, I think the reason why the accusation of being a liberal happens around social issues in particular is really rooted in Christian history. Um, And and because people tend to want to be ah-theological in 2018, uh, they want to take the posture that doctrine divides rather than unifies. And because we tend to be ignorant of Christian history, um, these things surprise us. But if we look at like Walter Rauschenbusch uh, and the social gospel movement, what, what we see happening historically is when the church starts to focus on social issues outside of the atoning work of Jesus Christ, then, then what happens is the church will start to cut away what they see as the hindrances of people getting on board with the social movement. So if the atoning work of Jesus Christ is an offense to accomplish racial harmony, then let's get rid of the atoning work of Jesus Christ and simply make Jesus's platform one of social embitterment. And that has happened on repeat. Uh, So monsters have come through this door before, Um, and and I would say ultimately sabotaged the hope of those that got involved in these movements. And so I think that by keeping these social aspects tied to the gospel and to the atoning work of Jesus Christ, we've got the best bet at actually seeing movement in these movements. And so by, by showing that I'm... I'm not a liberal. I'm tying these things to the teachings of Jesus Christ. I'm tying it to the finished work of Christ on the cross. Um, I I think we've got the best chance to actually move the ball forward in our day and age. We've already seen now what happens when churches punt on sound doctrine to try to tackle these issues. It doesn't go anywhere. 
it certainly doesn't live past the movement itself. But, but if these things truly are rooted in the gospel, like I would want to argue they are, then men, we've got a real shot at letting the gospel accomplish what the gospel was meant to accomplish, which according to Paul in Ephesians 2 is the breaking down of these walls of hostility. What we see in the book of Acts and Acts 13 is a church that is multi-ethnic and celebrating that multi-ethnicity. And so I think the hostility you're seeing is because historically when these issues have been addressed, They've been addressed outside the framework of the gospel and have been instead made the gospel themselves. And that creates a ton of problems. That was Matt Chandler. Make sure to check out his new book, Take Heart. You're listening to Amy Shark. The song is I Said Hi. Okay, it's time for your feedback. If, if you've been listening for the last couple months, uh, we've been starting out the feedback segment by uh, naming a listener of the week. You guys have been hitting us up on Twitter with three facts about yourself, three interesting facts. Jesse scrolls them, <laughs> researches them, and chooses his, his listener of the week. Or our listener of the week, I guess, every week. Uh, Jesse, tell me a little bit about who you selected this week and tell me a couple of the facts before we bring them on. Okay, so our guest this week is Ben Stroop. And though he does not, as any of his facts, have any uh, controversial impressions for us, he does have three (laughs) fascinating things that he would like to discuss. One is every car that he's owned has met a terrible demise. Um, Oh, gosh. He was arrested and charged with criminal mischief as a minor for watching the destruction of a concrete goose. And finally, so this is this is this is a man who this is an outlaw. We're talking to an outlaw here. (laughs) Yeah. And and this is and he finally he once went on a week long trip to Mexico just to prove someone wrong. Ben, welcome, welcome to the show. We got to hear about the these. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, good morning, guys. Uh, ben, ben. Uh, where are you calling us from today? I'm from the the city of Maysville, Kentucky. M- uh, Maysville. Oh. Is there a lot of corn there? Uh, yeah, probably more cows than anything. Are we, really. are we talking Eastern <gasps> Kentucky? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, you just Eddie's fine. It's fine. Now you know you're being polite because you're Southern, but it's okay. It's okay. And how do we know each other? I feel like we have had some like actual interaction at some Did point. Did you ever invite Eddie to play racquetball? Yes. You do this every week, Eddie. <laughs> I know. I but I know Ben from somewhere. Ben, how do we know each other? Uh, we're just we're Twitter friends, and we we tweet. That's I mean I think that's it. Mm, no so, racquetball. Interesting. No racquetball. Interesting. Uh, what do you do there in Maysville, Kentucky? Please tell me uh, work at a zoo because we have a question for you. Yeah, we need. Do you know how? <laughs> go ahead, Ben. Wait, and let him answer. Let him answer what he does, and what then do we'll do? ask him the zoo what, question. What, what's your church job? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I am a pastor, actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can tell by the voice. It's just like that is a voice of a good person. That is someone. And who's- a pastor will have our answer, our zoo question answer. Ben, okay, Ben. When an elephant, um, sadly, 
uh, passes. Or, or gladly. Like at a zoo. Maybe it was a bad elephant. Maybe people are glad it died. But right. if an elephant dies at a zoo, <laughs> what do they do with the body? We need to know. Do you have any idea? <laughs> because, Ben, as you think about this, you got to know. I mean, you can't move that thing. You can't. Yeah. No, 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 don't give him. Don't feed him anything. Ben, just tell us what happens to the body of a dead elephant at a zoo. One reason we're so curious, Ben, is one of us may or may not have the dead body of an elephant on our hands. Just know that Matt Chandler did yes, not I have can. a good answer. Yeah. Ben, where are you at with him? <laughs> I, I think it's cremation is going to be my guess. You're just going to incinerate that thing. How, hold Eddie, on. It's there's no way you're burying Eddie, it. Eddie's point being... How? Too, too big. How, and how, how do you move it? Do you, do you have to cut it in pieces? <laughs> that is how you eat an elephant is one bite at a time. So I guess that's how you... There you go, Ben. You answer correctly. Elephant. That's right. Ben, you you shall pass. Let's continue. All right. so, use the word correctly so loosely because we actually don't know. <laughs> All right, Ben. Every car you've owned has met a terrible demise. Uh, uh, I, one was totaled, which I, I'm sad to hear about, but one was stolen out of your driveway. Tell me about the terrible demises of your vehicles. Yeah, so the first one was totaled. I was at a dead stop um, on a busy road here, and someone rear-ended me going 65 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. Got me a a helicopter ride and a couple days in the hospital, so that was exciting. Millions and millions of dollars. That's That's actually that's really scary, Ben. Yeah, that's crazy. The second one, he hit an elephant and he died, but he did not get to see how they got rid of it. Oh, my God. Um... And uh, my second car, the car that I bought to replace that one, I uh, it's a small town, Maysville. It's a quaint little Mayberry looking type town. And um, I leave my keys in my car. I used to. And one night someone was going through cars looking for loose change and found the keys instead and stole my car. And the police have been looking for it for four months, never found it. So, you know, it happens. So I've had a car totaled and stolen. So how are you getting around now? Well, I I bought a new car about two weeks after the old one got stolen. So this car oh. will meet its demise in some weird way. I'm sure of it. But if oh, the man. Andy Griffith show taught us anything, there's there's no crime in Mayberry. Like, <laughs> like this is shocking. You, you would have thought. You would have thought. Ben, what church are you at? Uh, it's called Highland Christian Church. Okay, so oh. Eddie has texted me a one dollar bet about the de- about the <laughs> denomination of your church. What is it? <laughs> What is it? Um, well, non-denominational. Oh, oh. Annie wins. Annie, Annie win. Downs wins Annie that win. bet. I heard non-denom in that accent from the first minute you were on. <laughs> I could tell that that guy just lets anything go in his church. <laughs> <laughs> they got pallet walls. They got guitars. They got rips in their jeans. You want to get baptized? Fine. You want to get dedicated? Who cares? Whatever you want. <laughs> we, we can have anything you want for communion. Any kind of snacks. Ben, I'm glad you had a job as a pastor. I'm assuming your, your criminal record was expunged because your oh. second fact is that you were arrested and charged with criminal mischief as a minor for watching the destruction of a concrete goose. We got it. Yeah, What's the story here, man? <laughs> I was in middle school and was really popular. And so um, my friends decided, even though the beginning of the show says that they don't take home submissions, we decided that we we're going to try and be on it. hundred percent. And um, we ran around the neighborhood. It literally says we don't even open them. We throw them right in the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yours there's a will, there's a way, Jesse. Thousands of we, we were hopeful. kids. And uh, so we did a couple different things, you know, like the old pulling the invisible rope across the across the road kind of thing and stuffing things in people's mailboxes. Just the mailboxes. stuff they're looking for. 
<laughs> but then we decided that they weren't they weren't daring enough. So of one of my friends tied a rope around this lady's concrete goose lawn ornament and drug it around the cul-de-sac there. And, um, you know, we decided that still wasn't enough. So then he took it and went back on her front porch and smashed it against her front porch. And that's when we saw her looking in the window, pointing Jeez, at man. us on the phone, calling the cops. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, no, it's really dark, not all the <laughs> <laughs> straight up vandalism. Yes. <laughs> yeah, what happened to your friend that did that? Yeah, really. Like, did yeah. He, uh, he's oh, the worship pastor. We all went to and, and got to go to court and all kinds of really exciting stuff for an does, eighth grade. So. Does your current congregation know about your criminal past? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've told that story from the stage probably five times. So yeah, mm. yeah, all sick of yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. One really time bad. when I got arrested, you know, they're all like, "Live a real life, man." Yes, he said stage <laughs> and not pulpit. I, sh- I, I yeah. should have waited on my bet. I've done two things bad in my life. I've done two things bad in my life. One was destroying a concrete goose. The other was I killed an elephant just to see what they did with the body. And I feel equally bad. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Okay, you once went on a week long trip to Mexico to prove somebody wrong. <laughs> How did that prove somebody wrong? Which feels pretty true to you now that we know more of you, Ben. He was escaping. Right. He was escaping the rap from the goose incident. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the lamb, as they say. No, it wasn't all that long ago that I uh, shared an article about some of the dangers. And this has got to be careful because uh, you know this is like more people are going to listen to this than ever hear me talk or follow me on Twitter. No, so, don't say that, um, Ben. Don't say that. I <laughs> know it's, it's, but, um, <laughs> one of the articles was about, you know, some of the dangers of some setups of short-term mission trips. And I, and I kind of just half-heartedly tweeted it and said, yeah, there's some, some hug an orphan, change your profile picture trips that are just bad news and, you know, not really helpful to the kingdom. Well, call it out. Hot, take hot Ben's hot hey, Wow. Coming in hot. Benjamin. Yeah. Something like that. Yikes. Well, stripes. I should have thought it through because one of the missionaries that my church supports, um, he actually leads short-term mission trips oh. as part of his, as oh. part of his wah, job. Wah, yeah. <laughs> and so he said, I think you're wrong about this. And so in typical online fashion, I said, you'll have to prove it. And so he helped me fundraise and I went to Mexico with him on a short-term mission trip. Wow. Was it? Was wow. It, well, there I mean, you go. Did it you prove know, you wrong? It was. Did you change your profile? I was pic? partly right, and he was partly right. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. That's so, the question. Did you, did you change your profile, profile pic? <laughs> it's the when helping hurts thing, right? It's that book when helping hurts. It's like you gotta. There's. There, it's you can be seen both ways. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of kind of the conclusion I came to was you know there are ways to do it right and there are ways to do it wrong. Oh so man, ben, he's one of the ones that does it right. Ben, so. you're gonna you go. get so much heat from this. This is gonna <laughs> be. It's just gonna this come crashing gonna down. Gonna 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 I like that you put your money where your mouth is, though. Yeah, yeah. That's what I appreciate about that. <laughs> I put oh, yeah. other people's yeah. money. Yeah. I send out Let's... fundraising letters. I like it. All right, well, Ben, thanks for uh, joining us, listener of the week. He's a good. Yeah. He's a good dude. Ben, you're a good man. Eastern solid guy. Outstanding citizen, other than yeah. the vandalism. Sermon prep coming okay? <laughs> I'm actually not preaching this week. So nice. Oh, the week yeah. off. Wow. Well done. We get the How big of a church is there in Maysfield? Youth Maysville. director? <laughs> no, um, actually, another missionary that we support is coming in. So oh, we're, he's coming in. The, you know those missionaries. What's the missionary's profile pick? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Good luck with that one. Oh, my gosh. You have to have a little luncheon for him afterwards, probably. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. Bye, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Right. Bye, nice Ben. You. Thanks, buddy. Bye, guys. I just love this segment. 
All right, well, oh, moving this is the show, my favorite. Moving the show along, uh, it is time for your feedback. Last week, our question of the week uh, was asking you for your best or funniest endurance race story. You guys did not disappoint. Uh, I, it was in light of uh, the very difficult conversation that we had about me Listen. and probably Jesse uh, doing the hood to coast race. This oh, August. Jesse downgraded to a probably. Well, I mean, I, I haven't seen him sign up, but I'm just saying like he gave his I word pl- planning on it. Yeah. Yeah. He gave his word uh, to, to run. I haven't run more than a mile in my life and I'm, and I'm going all in. I'm doing this burn hot and fast. And, uh, and they're basically telling me I can't do it. So we want to know your best or funniest endurance race stories. You guys hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast. You also posted on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here's a few of our favorites. So I hesitated to read this one because, I, you know, I saw first off, I should say someone I I, I got to find it. But someone said, I'm right. It is a mind over matter thing. But Logan's has gives me a little caution. Five years ago, he signed up for a tough mutter whose slogan is the world's uh, the, the world's toughest race. Yeah. Um, uh, he did it with some work friends, knowing that it wasn't until September, and he had he signed up in January, knowing that it wasn't until September that he had time to train. That is a long time to train, right? I mean, it's nine months you have there. Uh, the race was twelve miles with twenty to thirty obstacles. Um, and uh, but during his training, he only got up to three miles and could only do a couple of push-ups. So uh, it was a long, it was a long nine months. Uh, but the day had come, and he he had he knew what he had to do. Um, he did finish in about three and a half hours. Unfortunately, the next day he went to the emergency room with a partially collapsed lung. <gasps> wow! Oh, wow. No. all it says you got to take training serious. You got nine months, man. You know. Wow! Wow! Now, I am I am scared. I am scared about the air thing uh, because yes. the altitude difference, Mount, you know, Orlando is sea level and Mount Hood is is 11,000 11, feet. Somebody pointed out on Twitter. I, as a high school athlete and stuff, had uh, bronchial <clears throat> asthma. I had a little inhaler with me all the time. Nerd. Sorry. I'm and, so sorry. Uh, I, mean, like, I didn't even mean to say that. <laughs> not, <laughs> not like during the day, but like when I'd play sports, I had to have one. It was, a, a, little, it was a, a puff. I know it was a reflex. And I'm, I'm so going, sorry. wait a second, altitude, <laughs> out of shape. Right now, uh, yeah, it's going to be bad. Yeah. I okay, think you're going to be fine, Cameron. You're going to do great. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no, I'm going to read you Tate Randall's because Tate and I are speaking the same language here. Like Cameron, I'd only run a mile or two in my life when he de- when I decided to run a Minneapolis marathon, is what he says. And a week before the marathon, the race canceled. And so he just planned to do one on his own. Just so he had already raised the money. With 200 yards left, Cameron, I want you to hear this. The man collapsed from heat exhaustion, which led to liver failure, kidney failure, some brain problems, and what the doctors called, in quotes, a heart attack. Cameron, do you know what was playing in his ears when he fell to the ground? The relevant podcast. All of a sudden, we just kind of slip into like the last words. words It's us joking about dead elephants. My life has culminated in this moment. Um, That's That's what happens if you don't train. Cameron, I'm so on your team. Period. I'm so on your team about you doing this. If you will really, really train. No, yeah, yeah I will. And bring your inhaler. I, I, yeah, I will. <gasps> so, so for okay, Josh Hughes is a is a is a former college athlete and is an ultra marathon runner. Oh, okay, no. he does like 50 mile races, oh, and wow. he says this is how he starts off. 
Jesse is 100% correct. Mind over matter. He did add slash training, but I don't even believe that part. Just push your body. It'll be fine. Here's his story. Here's his story. He met a girl on a dating app, uh, and she was a very accomplished runner, too. First date goes great, right? She has a race coming up, and so he's like, you know what? I'm going to do it with her. But he he decided like a week before, but he was kind of into the girl. So he's like, I'm going to do it with her. He He's he's an ultra marathon runner, but he didn't have a lot of time to train for this specific thing. The race is 35 miles long, uh, and he, he they wanted to run it together, you know? So up until like the last uh, 10 miles, they're, they're sticking together, which that's still pretty far. Yeah. At that point, with 10 miles left, she leaves him in the dust and finishes first. He's pushing himself. He can barely walk the next day, he says. After that, he's never heard from her again. Totally ghosted. Like, just took off with 10 miles left and never heard from her again. Like, just Have we ever talked about ghosting? No. Oh, I have such a problem with people who ghost. I don't think you should ghost. What do you mean? Just because it's impolite? Like, you're talking to somebody you like and then you just stop replying? Yeah. Because it's, like, awkward to address that you're not interested or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I just think so for her to like run a race with him and then beat him in the race and then never say anything again, just have. Is is ghosting limited to uh, a a dating kind of term? I thought. I don't think so. Yeah, because you can like like ghost the party or something. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you can ghost another friend. Yeah, Yeah, the first time I heard it, someone said that like I had followed them online, and then he called me out and was like, "Just got ghosted by Eddie." Whatever, and I didn't (gasps) know what it meant, and I guess I did, but I just didn't remember knowing the person, and I unfollowed him. I, but I, so I guess I did, but it was like a totally unintentional. And How I, do people know when people unfollow you? Like, do I know. you look or are you, are you watching? Yeah, for, that says a lot more about the person that got unfollowed yeah. than it does the person who did the deed. Yeah. yeah. But anyhow, I felt really, really bad. <laughs> I promise I won't ever ghost you guys, whether I beat you in a race or not. That is a promise. I will ghost everybody, but I will just apologize yeah. later. Because what happens is like someone sends a text and I'm like, okay, I'll return it when I'm done driving or whatever. And then it's. Poof. Yeah, I do. One that month from now, <laughs> like that's it, gone. Do you keep it as like unread, like one, so you like keep reminding yourself, that's, like there's one down there that I need to get back to. That's yeah, actually the that. problem with me is that little uh, notification oh. stuff drives me nuts. Uh-huh. So I like clear everything out real quick. Well, then you're not gonna remember. I know it's, I know. it's my problem. I wish it's, we could mark them as fault. unread. I know. I wish it could just be like remind me in an hour or something. No, I'm like careful yeah. to like when the little preview comes up on my screen, like don't click, don't read because I know I can't it. reply right now. Yeah. So I leave it unread, you know? Yeah. And so then do you go through at the end of the day and read them all, Cameron, and respond? Oh, weeks or months later, maybe. I, I, oh, yeah. dis- I despise all forms of communication so much that I yeah. will not one, read One time I texted Cameron, like when I was down there, I was like, hey, you want to grab coffee before work? Literally six months later, I just got to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, my friend Jason yeah. deletes no. all his text every night. He he deletes it once he's responded. I think the worst thing is when you see the dots, like you know they're replying, and, and then they go, "Yeah." Then it makes me very suspicious that they're going to tell me something very difficult, and they're like, nah, "No, yes. it's not the time." Every time I see yeah. the dots and they go away, I'm like, "Yeah, what what are they going to tell me? This is bad. This is yeah. only this has got to be bad." An elephant died. That's what they're going to tell me. This is really bad. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> they don't know what to do. They got a situation. Yeah, I, yeah. They don't know how to tell me. They don't know how to tell me that they haven't. They have to dispose of an elephant body. You know, there's no delicate way to put this. I'm afraid. <laughs> the, so they're just going to ghost you along with that elephant ghost. There, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of other stories. Most of them are people on the side of the road keeled over. Yeah. Um, you know, Dude. best and funniest endurance race story. Maybe you know, 
Was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. There's n- nothing funny about no, it. No, that just sounds awful. Like it's, I think people were, really just. Incredible. I think people were sending me like harrowing tales yeah, to like just, scare me. This straight. is like serious. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. They weren't. They weren't trying to scare you. They're just telling you the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you the truth too. You're going to do great. Thank you. Everything's yeah. going to be oh fine. My gosh. Ignorance is bliss. And I don't even I'm think. I got to tell you, just, you look pretty good. I wouldn't train that much. Oh I would just gosh. get out there and go for it. Just make sure there's a medic there. That's all. I'm sure there is. Ah, come on. Medics are for the week. Fine. Yeah. All right, uh, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. All right, well, earlier in the show, uh, we, we got talking about weird food challenges. Not the weirdest thing you've ever eaten, but like, if have you ever entered a contest or got a t-shirt mm-hmm. for something you ate? Mm-hmm. We oh, want to know wait. about it. What was it? What were the circumstances? And what happened afterwards? Yeah, right. That's <laughs> Man, this is going to be like <laughs> near second place to the conspiracy theories. I'm yeah, so excited yeah. about yeah. this. I feel like there's going to be a lot of hospital stories, you know, like the, like the running. Like yeah, the no, nothing like nothing like I felt great the next day. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, what, what was it? What were the circumstances? Who talked you into it? Yeah, All of yeah. that. How what, did you earn your shirt? What country were you in? Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and you can post your longer stories on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. And send us your pictures too. We can describe them. If you have pictures in the t-shirt you want or with the food, oh, we yeah. want to see them. That'd be oh great. yeah, this is going to be live show feedback. In, right? <gasps> oh my gosh, it's going to be live show feedback. Yeah. Oh, so for Jesse, definitely send pictures. He'll yeah. just, he'll just <laughs> show a slideshow. People there are going to love it. And send, send up on the screen, kind of point yeah, to him. Nice. Here, come. let me, show, no let me tell you how Jesse's, how Jesse's feedback is going to go on the show next yeah. week. Hey guys, look at this one. <laughs> Crazy, right? Oh, this one's funny. Look, look at that. <laughs> Staying with the theme, you got, what hey, could you guys, go wrong? That segment was Nothing. you're butchering it. You're butchering it. Hey, uh, <laughs> Jesse, do you have any tips for Miss Annie F. Downs? She's done a lot of live things. That's her job. She speaks all the time. More but than any, you, more than any. Of yeah, us. that's right. Do you have any tips for Annie about what to expect doing a live yeah, yeah. podcast with you with people watching? That's Be a on your question. toes. That's all I'll say. And <laughs> I don't mean it to sound ominous, but it is. Yeah, Be <laughs> on your toes. And I'm going to say that whatever happens between Chandler and I, just don't get too close because it's like getting close to a dog's food. Right? It's just going right? to bite back. Yeah. Whatever happens, you need to let us just figure it out and then come back in. Okay? Well, are, you, are you talking about the tickle fight again? That's what I'm saying. You don't get okay. too close to the tickle fight. Tickled. Yeah. My, my, my main thing is to, I, for people attending, if you get there a little early and you hear disturbing noises coming from the back, it's just my vocal warm-ups. For yeah. live stuff, I, I do some very elaborate vocal warm-ups and it sounds terrifying and Hello. hello. But everything is fine. Guys, everything hello. is fine. Hello. This is yeah. going to be the most hello, fun. Hello. I cannot wait. Yeah. Any tips for any of the attendees, Jesse? Do you need to prepare theories, anybody? Conspiracy theories. What, what I would, if you're hello. planning on sitting in the first three rows, splash zone. Uh, goggles splash and tarps. Zone. Like yeah. you want to go gallery. It's like, it's like Shamu splash zone. That's right. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, don't you dare make eye contact with Mr. Strang. Uh, <laughs> either one of them. They will not respond kindly to that. Do you want them to be prepared for anything? To bring anything? Do you guys have any requests for the people coming? I mean, uh, like, oh, wow. uh, yeah, like gifts and stuff. You mean? Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, if anybody has any of those Lay's ketchup chips, we're going to be Canada. going. Uh, the other thing too is we're going to be going right through lunch hour, blowing right through it. Eleven thirty a.m. Have to do a pre-show snacky because I am going to get. That's what I'm I'll saying. Eleven thirty a.m. to probably uh, one one thirty. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to be hungry by the end. A little little punchy. I, I plan on eating a very very heavy meal of something I've never eaten before. <laughs> pretty exotic before. I will <laughs> say. Uh, I will say. I'm a little quieter in person. I think I, people are 
always disappointed when they meet me in person. I'm a little quiet. I'll tell you this. Nobody's disappointed when they meet you. Thank you. Everybody, you leave Thank a you. positive impression on everybody. <gasps> Thank you. But I will also I confirm. Eddie, he was being nice. To Thank all the people. You. Eddie is an introvert and yeah. can turn it on, but yeah. he hits a wall. <laughs> right. And then you don't see him anymore. He ghosts everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I ghost myself. He goes, he's just gone. Uh, so if Eddie's there for half the show or whatever. And all of a sudden I just sneak out. It's yeah. not you. It's me. Yeah. Meanwhile, Annie F cannot get enough of the people. Yeah, it is. What, I'll be there. Yeah. yeah, it's what stops the voices, fills the soul. I like surrounding <laughs> myself with extroverts because then I can hang out by the wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like yeah, they yeah, can yeah. work the room. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. then your move during the live shows is you go and you're real busy. So you're just fluttering around, but you're right. not actually talking or doing <laughs> anything. When people come on tours, I do the same move. No, I know. I'm like, hey, yeah. but I got to go. I'm like going to a meeting sort of a thing. I'm like, it's a don't break your stride. And then they're like, oh, wow, there he yes. was, you know, but no, and joking meanwhile, aside, I want to hug every person who shows up and oh, I cannot wait. It will be fun to see everyone. I'm, I love the live shows more than anything. Yeah. This yeah. is big, exciting. Big, long bear hugs for everyone. That's <laughs> for <big>. sure. <laughs> like, yeah. And Chandler will be my bear hug. Uh, like he will on behalf of me. Like yeah. if you come you in for a carry, side hug, I'm just going to pull Chandler. You in real should quick. carry Chandler around in a baby Bjorn. <laughs> oh, oh. A Supreme branded baby Bjorn. Probably. All right. Well, uh, yeah, so that'll, that'll do it. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Make sure to tune in to the live episode. It'll be streaming on Facebook at 1130 AM Eastern time uh, next Friday. Uh, what is that? April 27th. If you're coming to Orlando, make sure to check out the info page on the, in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. It'll give you the deets. There's cool. no, that's a short way of saying details. Yeah. Just trying to be efficient. <laughs> there's no charge to come, but let us know you're coming, please. So we can make sure there's room for everyone. Um, and, uh, uh, we'll see what happens. This My friend be a lot Jason's of fun next coming. Week. I just told you. Do I still have to respond online? Yeah. I'm, I'm bringing a plus one. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but we need to know. Okay. I mean, what they if like, we had seats for everybody industry. and then Jason didn't have a chair? You know what I mean? Jason we stand. really want Jason yeah. to have a good seat. Yeah. Jason's we want Jason center. in the splash zone. Definitely in the splash, <laughs> zone. In the splash zone. Jesse, if you don't bring something to justify a splash zone, I will be very disappointed. I told you, I'm going to bring a watermelon and a giant mallet. And it's going to, it's the height of comedy. <laughs> you know, I have explodes. seen that mallet. It is the before. height of comedy. That mallet is on display in Orlando. His, one of what? his, one really? of his famous uh, really? believe it or not or something. No, at a friend's, the friend's record, like a, they have a video. I don't remember what it's called. Like some sort of studio thing. Yeah, and they, that's what they're called. They brought a, they, he, he left his big mallet. It's huge. You, you can't even imagine how strong that guy must he's, be to wield that. Have a bunch of them. It's like I mean, a brawny man yeah. kind of big yeah. old. Big, 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 yeah. big. I mean, what do you mean when he, I mean, it looks huge. It looks three feet long. Are you implying that it's significantly bigger it's, than it's what we see? It's comically large, Eddie. But I'm how saying like, like, it's a solid piece of wood and the, the head on that thing is like a <laughs> solid 18 inch just block of wood. It's heavy. Heavy. I was going to say, Eddie, you're describing exactly how I think it looks in person. Yeah, but yeah. Like, when you see it in person, Same you realize Jesse. this guy has got to be, I mean, this thing's got to be 40 pounds. Hey, many thanks to this episode's sponsors for making the show possible. Remember, uh, you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free at blueapron.com slash relevant. Also, thanks to hmm. Bright Peak. Go to go check out the Love and Money section at relevantmagazine.com. Uh, tune in to the new uh, Love and Money podcast on iTunes. And, and make sure to uh, take their Hack Your Debt challenge. You can sign up at brightpeak.com slash hackyourdebt. 
Well, there be people should eat before they come to the live show, right? Yeah, that was the thing. The, the timing is, is unfortunate. Um, we just got to do that. it. We'll we, well, we got to do it in the morning because, you know, I don't know. Well, number one, John Mark McMillan's schedule. Yeah, we got a lot of schedules. Yeah. So. We got, we got a, th- yeah. a lot of things to come. Hello, I'm taking airplanes. And, and Annie. Annie, this isn't and all about Annie's you. flying down. And <laughs> yes, then she, it is. Uh, don't you have to fly out in the mid-afternoon? Yes. Yeah, see, so we had to do it Annie, then. Settle down, 2018. So, so people, I would suggest bringing snacks. We will not have concession stands. Yeah. No, no. So there bring snacks. Yeah. But our office is on top of a 7-Eleven, the downtown 7-Eleven, one of the downtown 7-Eleven. And 7-11. right down the street from a Wahlburger. Uh, and a Walgreens yeah. is on our block. So what I'm saying is get, get, to, get here, park at 1030, go walk around and get yourself a, some snackies. That's right. Then yeah. get up here around 1110. And if yeah. you bring, bring us snackies, just a quick reminder, yeah. I'm dairy-free. So just... Yeah. Wow, we we it's all provide, about Annie for this. We provide really? we provide unlimited snackies for the staff, Annie. So you yeah, can, you get all the snackies oh, you want. That Annie. Me. Yeah. They're oh, all great. milk based, unfortunately. They're all it is <laughs> all pure. All milk. We just when people arrive in the morning, I just hand everybody a gallon of milk as yeah. they walk in. There's a gallon of milk <laughs> and a milk pop I and made you, last night in the freezer. And you can always visit the cheese curds bowl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have those out. It's delicious. Uh, and, and all Cadbury eggs. Mm. Uh, so one oh. is a tarantula. Um, yeah. the, the joke egg. <laughs> you never joke. know. It's a little hairy. <laughs> yeah, but the same oh, creamy, oh, yeah. poisonous spider. What yeah. could go wrong? Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks also to uh, our guest for joining us. Matt Chandler's new book is called Take Heart. It's out now. Go check it out. And uh, while you're checking stuff out online, head over to iTunes and if you like the show, leave a review. If you don't like it, keep it to yourself. Yeah, really. Just Who needs that kind yourself. of negative feedback? Um, also the. The May issue of Relevant is at the printer right now. Uh, it's a packed issue. We're excited yeah. for you to see it. We'll tell you more about it in the next couple of weeks. But uh, if you go online to relevantmagazine.com right now, you can subscribe and there's a good deal going on. So. I, I cannot wait for the new issue. This is what I'm really, really excited to talk about. I gave, I gave a little, a little leak on uh, my Instagram story. That. You saw, saw that. that? You did do that. Hey, how did yeah. you see it, Jesse? We don't know what your Instagram is. What's your name? Oh, trust us. I, I don't have any. I mean, I'm Oof. on Instagram all the time, but I don't. I don't post anything. You have to log in as something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm oh. log. I mean, I'm oh, logged yeah. in. I'll tell you. All right. Well, tell Annie because she was asking me, and I don't remember it because I, I, well, I just always don't. tag I, you I mean, as I'm Jesse on Instagram all the time. That's how I tag you. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a. I just stalk. He's a know? lurker. Yeah. I do lurk. lurker. I lurk all the time. But I did see your 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 preview and um, interesting man, isn't he? Yeah. He's a very interesting man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Got to stay sure. on top of things. Got to be in though, Eddie. Yeah. Super. He ghosts his whole life, his whole yeah. everything. It's not really. Yeah. He's there. He's watching, it's but just you amazing. can't see him. Yeah, it's really something. It is something. Well, you know, we're so lucky to know a Jesse. There are so many people on the planet who don't get to know a Jesse. We're so lucky. Including right. Jesse. You guys are, it's a real thrill for you every day. It is. That was, that that was Counselor Eddie kicking in. <laughs> Jesse doesn't even know Jesse. No, he's a stranger to himself. <laughs> hey, Eddie, I know enough. <laughs> <laughs> there was, we're going to stop right there. There's a yeah. locked container inside <laughs> that right. hole yeah. of a heart. That's right. Um, and also thanks to Ben who's not preaching this weekend, but I hope yeah. you have a nice off weekend. <laughs> oh, hey, a friend of the show. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, Seth Mac, M- Mastermeyer. He he runs <laughs> <Nailed> it. <laughs> the Staley Shirt Company. That's Seth He sent the staff a big box of cool shirts. Uh, we've mentioned him on the show before. He's he's a listener and uh, does a cool thing. Um, that's not a paid endorsement. That's just no, a they, thank you. And they started, and he, yeah, we've talked about him because Squarespace. He started his, cause, that's right. Yes, he heard about Squarespace from us and then started this great company and now we have a and bunch of. And they do of, really cool shirts and it's the, like, it's uh, the shirts he sent the staff are the state, the shape of the state of Florida, but the word that makes the shape is Orlando. And 
and it's like they're cool looking. Yeah, yeah. and they're yeah. so cozy. Yep. Yeah. So thank you very much. Thank On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffoltz. Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Annie F. Downs. We'll see you next week live in person. You think live. if it's a cold place, they let it freeze? The elephant freeze? If it's like in Minnesota or something, and then they're able to just slice it and remove it. Well, oh, what happens God. in the spring? That's why you, you can't not. cut through a block of ice that big. Well, that's when it's more convenient. They move the zoo. They just move the zoo. <laughs> the that's it. And with that, <laughs> right here, right we know here. the answer. <laughs>